Welcome to episode 009 for Rawness of Reality. I'm your host, Kevin Stalker. And I'm Mike the Mike Guy. And today, you have the opportunity to meet Ross Antonich. Ross is the lead drummer for the Uptown Woods. On top of being the lead drummer, this man is a comedian, charismatic, and colorful. But enough from me. Here's Ross Antonich. All right, and it's Antonich, right? Yeah, perfect. Okay. Antonich, okay. yeah. Yeah, I've been practicing. Ah! <laughs> You're sweet. No, yeah, I've, I've gotten everything. Antonich, Antonach, Antonucci, Antonuch. There's like so many. But it's okay, though. Okay, so hey, today uh, we have a very, very awesome guest. His name's Ross Antonich. He is, I want to say he's in Starship, Starship Mantis. I was. Okay, okay. Yeah. Let me restart this. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Today we have Ross Antonich. He is a lead drummer in the Uptown Woods. Yeah. And he is a former member of Starship Mantis. Absolutely. And a big record fan. Oh, man. Absolutely. Um, and if you ever check out his Instagram, you can see he also <laughs> loves food. Uh, I try. But three things I've noticed that never change in life are politics being divided, Ross's facial expressions during <laughs> his performances, and the fact that he has his shirt off. <laughs> so I have a quick question for Anything, you, Ross. Any question. I love questions. Okay. So would you say the last two things in that kind of define your image as a drummer? So you said shirt off and... And the facial expressions. Faces? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess they do. I never intended for it to happen that way because, you know, like how some, some people have like a, like a gimmick. Like uh, there was a comedian, Gallagher. He would always throw a watermelon at the crowd. Like that was like his thing. Like if you went to see Gallagher, you were going to get hit by a watermelon. So... Uh, <laughs> I, in that respect, no, but uh, yeah, it just kind of hap- came about. I'm always like uh, real conscious of the music that I'm playing and trying to make sure I can uh, progress it and direct it and help it in the best way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say yeah, the faces, you know, people people really like photographers, love it. They're always like, they come in and they're like, oh my gosh, I got, s- you were perfect. I'm like, all <laughs> I was doing was just playing the drums, but thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, and then the shirt, what did you say, the shirt off? Yeah, your shirt's off. Shirt lot. off, yeah. yeah. So with the Starship band, we would do that a lot. The whole thing, the idea was we were just trying to like almost be so different that it at, at times could have maybe seemed intangible or like maybe not even real. It's like, man, you got all these dudes with shirts off that should have shirts on, <laughs> you know? So that was like yeah. kind of the whole thing because it's like, because I'm like, I'm like a pretty big dude and like I have my nipples pierced and I have like these kind of real interesting tattoos. So like I was, I thought it would be funny because it's like nobody really wants to see me with their, my shirt off. But the mm-hmm. fact that it'll be off is like, damn, what's that guy doing? You know? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so it, it was cool. That actually was like a lot of fun uh, doing that because I like sweat so much. So mm-hmm. it was cool. I like saved clothes. Yeah, no, I'm a big sweater too. <laughs> you, you ever catch me in a suit jacket? You'll see sweat stains uh, dripping through. Oh, look, I got a gray hoodie yeah. on. I'm soaked. Like I got a shirt on underneath. Yeah. It happens. It happens. Oh yeah. Uh, so, what sparked your desire to even pick up drumsticks in the first place? Good, good one. Yeah. So, my, all of my family is in show business in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Like my immediate family and my extended. So. I was kind of the, I don't want to say goosed from the get-go, but like my dad's a guitarist, my mom's a pianist turned nurse, both my, my grandpa on the one side was like a, uh, a traditional Slovak singer, and my grandpa on the other side was a saxophonist. Oh, wow. I had okay. two uncles that were actors, so it's just like the whole family is kind of involved in some way or was was involved in some way 
at some point in their lives. But um, yeah, growing up, my you said drumsticks. So my dad would keep me awake at night because he would always be coming in from gigs and whatnot. And so I would watch um, the David Letterman show with him. Mm-hmm. That's like kind of like I realize people are like, who's David Letterman, but the. <laughs> He always had his drummer was this guy Anton Fig, and, and Anton Fig would always take a drum solo like at the end of a, like at the end of the intro of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, David Letterman, and then he would like the, the intro music would happen. Then he would take a drum solo, and Letterman would come out. Hey everyone, how's this going? Though here's mm-hmm. what happened today, like those types of things. And I always thought that that was like I remember being like I don't know two or three or four, and being I just remember thinking, damn, like whoa, that is so cool, mm-hmm. like. I want to do that. And on top of that, too, I, I like my dad and his guitars and everything. So it was like, I was just like kind of always around. And then I got a drum set, I think, for like my fifth birthday or something like that. Oh, and I that's just, so early, too. I know, right? Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. It's like I, sh- I should be like Eric Clapton at this point. But no, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got a yeah, drum set, I think, when I was like five. There's a picture of me. It's red. And I'm, I'm like bite size. I look like a, mm-hmm. I look minis- minuscule compared to me now. Um, but yeah, and then so I just kind of like always played. Mm-hmm. always played no one really like i mean people did push me and you know like the rocks you can do it folks and the and yeah. like and then there was always the people that were are you seriously doing that dude you should be a something else you know yeah. so it was cool but I, it's just always what i liked mm-hmm. so i never it was never like a i never really kind of thought twice about it i was just oh i kind of like this and i'm like so matter of fact about it oh i kind of like this i'll just i'll just do it <laughs> yeah so yeah i, I say that it just like kind of was in the family and i don't know i've been like in, in inundated with it almost like all my family's like pop culture heads too, mm-hmm. like everybody. So it's like, you just like kind of, I don't know. It's, it's hard to come up for air sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> just being, yeah. So, my dad will call me and go, Hey Ross, did you see uh you know, who's going to be on uh, Seth Meyers tonight? I go, dad, who? He goes, the drummer for the chili peppers. What's his name again? I go, oh, dad, you mean Chad Smith? Oh yeah. You, you should watch it. Yeah, dad, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. <laughs> you know, everyone's trying to <laughs> yeah. give me a pointer. So I appreciate it. That's a, uh... But that's really nice that they're still like motivating you and your family. It seems as if they're they're still pushing you to to follow that passion and follow oh, yeah. that dream of yours. They've they've so, been great support. Great so support. So would you say would that support uh, being there, the naysayers and those who say do something else, you you should do that. Uh, would you say that even affects you anymore? Or? No, not no? really. It's like I've had like everything said to me, like mm-hmm. the, even like the worst, like the worst things you could put. Like I've had. I don't know, like, did you ever have, like, a really bad ex-girlfriend to tell you, like, the mm-hmm. riot act when, when you break up with her, you know, and she says, I had a girl one time tell me, and she won't hear this, but I had a girl tell me one time, and she said, uh, we, we broke up, and she wasn't really, uh, it came out of nowhere for her, but I was ready for it to be done, mm-hmm. and I said, I said, hey, I was like, I think we should really not do this, and everything, she cried, and she told me, she was like, I hope you get hit by a bus, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, well... I don't mean to laugh. No, but. please. It's funny. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's it funny. Is. It is. Yeah. She's somebody, yeah, she's like, I hope you get hit by a bus. And I was like, well, maybe. I was like, that'd be a lot of insurance money for the bus. Do you ever think about that? <laughs> you know? I think that happened in Pittsburgh recently. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. it's so terrible because people actually do get hit by buses, but mm-hmm. this girl wished it upon me. And so I haven't got hit by one yet. So yeah. here, I'm still here. God will. But yeah, and okay. then like, I, you have like maybe some friends or people you thought you were friends maybe get jealous mm-hmm. or maybe because they're doing something that's um, they don't enjoy what they're doing or something like that. Or even too at college here, some professors were like really, I don't want to say naysayers, but uh, I don't know. They weren't like uh, uh, peaches and cream, unicorns and rainbows. Well, not everyone's going to understand your vision and your, your dream or your goal, but nobody has to understand it. Not even yourself. You just need to, you need to know what motivates you and what excites you and just, just follow that passion to the best of your ability. 
And just keep doing it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's like what I've been doing. I actually almost welcome naysayers and jerks and, and dickheads and stuff like that because it's mm-hmm. funny. Because I always think if someone's like going to be a jerk to you, it's like they chose to, right? Because nobody really – I don't know. It's it's easier to be mean than it is nice, I think. But it's okay. like everybody – I don't know. Everybody like enjoys being mean more. I don't okay. know. So I almost it almost cracks me up when someone's like a jerk to me. They're like, oh, hey, man, screw you. And it's like, oh, okay, uh, Why? And they're like, uh, you were in my way coming up the stairs. You know, or like it's never yeah. for anything but like anything at all. This, so. this makes me think of a quote Shoot. that I, uh, I, I love this quote and I just want to know what you think. Yeah, of absolutely. It. Absolutely. So Mahatma Gandhi once said, be the change you want to see in the world. Absolutely. And what does that quote make you think of? It makes it just, um, not to sound like a fortune cookie, but you, <laughs> but you really only have one shot to like do whatever you do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so I'm 25. And so it's like, let's say we're, our generation is the generation supposed to live the longest, right? We're supposed to live to be like a thousand years old and stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. So if I live to be like 105, like let's say, so that's a pretty, you know, that's a long life. Yeah, I would, I would hope that in my, in the time I had been, that time I had been given, that I hope I was able to affect people or if, uh, make people feel some sort of way by my, whatever I did, like by my, my, my music, for example. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's like the, a cool thing when people are like, oh, I had a really cruddy day today. I came to the show to see this you play or say see the band play or see whatever happened and I feel better. Okay. So that's cool. So yeah. that 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 helps. That's like okay, I like did like a little bit like a, mm-hmm. a little bit on the right way. Yeah, I've always said uh I've I've been doing speeches for a while in my life and mm-hmm. I really came to the conclusion that if I could impact one person in that crowd throughout my speech, I did my job. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's kind of what that makes me think. Abs- absolutely, yeah. Okay. That's a really good mindset to have. Oh, abs- yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it, uh, it's only, um, I don't know, it only makes me want to play, it only, like, gasses me up more to, like, do more. Because I know some people, that they, like, kind of get, you can get overhyped, and mm-hmm. then it makes you dislike what you're doing. Um, so I like to, it's nice when there's, like, I, I call them, like, normal, normal folks. Someone comes up to me. Hey man, I really enjoyed what you did. You know, it's like, oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for being here. You know, it's, yeah. it all it all it all helps. What's it like being a member of the Uptown Woods? <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> it's a lot of the uh, everybody in the band. So the Uptown Woods, for those that don't know, it's a we're kind of like if you'd explain it to like your grandma or like somebody that wouldn't understand, it's like we're kind of like the roots. But in my opinion, a little funkier. Am I? But uh, <laughs> don't tell Jimmy Fallon. But, um, yes, yeah, so we have, like, a live MC and then a band that plays behind uh, Jim who raps. And so, I, I mean, I really like it. It's, like, I like all kinds of music. I don't really – I'm not really partial. I mean, I like jazz the most, but I don't know. that. Uh, I also like metal and country and mm-hmm. anything else. Through, through your record collection, I could see that you like all types yeah, of music. Yeah, and I get, I get bored real easy. That's, like, my Achilles heel. Like, mm-hmm. I really like everything. People, food, girls, music, drums, like, TV, YouTube. I get bored of, like, I don't know. It's just, like, because my – I don't know. I need like constant like inundation entertainment. So if, mm-hmm. if people are like, "Oh, do you want to like play? I don't know. Like say like play a board game. You want to play Monopoly for like ten minutes before we go? It's like, can't we play the whole dang game? Like why do we got to play just a little bit? I want like I want like the whole. I'm greedy and gluttonous. I want to eat the whole pizza. I don't want to eat two slices. I don't know what kind of person only wants to play ten minutes it's, of Monopoly. I know, right? Someone it's, actually yeah, asked like you that. I, know, I was trying. Okay. To, I was trying to think of something that like that is not as fun. If Thank you, God that person <laughs> doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of something that uh, that is not as fun if you do just a little bit of it yeah. instead of like the whole thing, or like play like the just one. If you play like one half of FIFA, 
Mm, or something. Okay, that yeah. You always want to play the whole, the whole shit, the yeah. whole one. Or right? read one chapter of a book. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Who wants to really do that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Uptown Woods, uh, it's cool because the guy, the folks in the band, um, are all very uh, unique, pers- like human personalities, and then on top of that, musical personalities. Mm-hmm. So and the, you guys grew together, too. Yeah, so we're all Duquesne-affiliated, went to school, had class with each other in some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. Like, it's actually kind of funny. I know, um, like, the rapper Jim and our keyboardist Garrett met. They were, like, friends. They met their freshman year and stayed friends and worked together they look on like things. They like twins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they, uh, they would, like, work together on things, and they kind of, like, expanded, like, a little bit. And then they met... I actually... I got hooked into it, Garrett, and... Three or so, three or so years ago, messaged me on Facebook. So he needed a drummer for a show coming up, and we like met up and just like squared up about it, and it seemed cool, and we did it, and it worked. Mm-hmm. And that was like, was that your first band? Uh, that was like my first show with them. It was like, okay. uh, like three Octobers ago, I think. I keep track of everything, like a like a analyst, so <laughs> <laughs> I have records, but uh, records of it all. But uh, I think, yeah. So it's, it, I mean, it's cool. I like it. It's uh, we get to do a lot of a lot of like. I don't know. A lot of just like all over the place type of stuff because mm-hmm. we're kind of you can't really like pigeonhole us as to like oh this is this type of music. Yeah. Which actually I actually enjoy a little bit more. I used to really not like that when someone said, "Oh, my friend really likes this band. They're great. Oh, what do they sound like? Oh, bro, they're like heavy and light, like dark mm-hmm. and light, a little fast, a little slow, like bluesy jazz, folk metal." It's like, "Oh, it's like I don't. Uh, you could just hold, keep it. I don't really want to hear that. You know, you <laughs> yeah. could just hold on to that. I don't really want to. Yeah. But it's actually it kind of is cool because it makes people tr- like want to understand. I think a little more because they can't just understand it like real quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like oh, two plus two equals four. It's like the, I don't know if you heard the Uptown Woods. I don't know if you would have like the same. Mm-hmm. Like you, it would take you a second to understand what's going on if you didn't if you mm-hmm. weren't familiar. I would I would say. But I really like it. It's fun. We get to do. We like work together on a lot of things. We like everybody likes all kinds of music and listens to all kinds of music and is um has a very open mind, which is like really hard to find these days, I think. People- I think that that open mindedness though is coming out of musicians here in this town of Pittsburgh. I, I've been talking to people in the scene lately mm-hmm. and a lot of different musicians from rappers to bands to singers have been saying that their sound doesn't necessarily fit exactly a sound and it seems that's happening in pittsburgh and people are understanding that more and more yeah it's kind of like it's hard to find a just a rock band i think these days or Mm -hmm. just a country band because it's the i mean we're fortunate and unfortunate like 2019 it's like there's so much accessibility to music these days it's Mm -hmm. like ridiculous you almost lose your mind trying to like especially stuff so it's like i like records so basically so and, and then there's like like re- I always like laugh because it's like records, and then there's like the stuff on the internet, and like real, real like record heads will be like, "Oh, the only good music's on a record," <laughs> you know, like those type of folks. I'm not like that, but the and then there's like some folks that are like, "Oh, records are just old, ew," you know. Yeah. I only listen to stuff on SoundCloud. I think that's funny because you can get records today of new music. Oh yeah, and it's like <laughs> it's like then when you tell those people when, when you get triple X on a vinyl, it's like or you get. Uh, the new latest was that Two Chains album. Pretty uh, Pretty Girls loved like trap music. That record, that record's on a vinyl that came out in like twenty seventeen. <laughs> you know, it's like so. Yeah. I don't know. You really, you really, could, I, I really, I don't think you could pick one. But yeah, Pittsburgh's like an old like rock town. You can tell by the radio. Mm-hmm. Everything they play on the radio either sucks or is from sixty years ago. 
It's like I was in the car with my dad the other day going to um, – we were going to see my grandma. And he put on DVE, like the Pittsburgh radio. So it's like Yinzer's DVE in the morning. And uh, they, they played like all Guns N' Roses. Mm. And, and nothing wrong with Guns N' Roses. Yeah. You know, and the Guns N' Roses is great. But, like, I don't know, on Pittsburgh, like, classic radio, every day, like, you just hear, like, <laughs> welcome to the jungle, or whoever, you know, it like, I just, like, Axl Rhodes yelling, you know, it's, it cracks me up. Or they, or what's the, uh, or, like, people, they still play Kiss, uh, I want to rock and roll on well, Kiss was just in town. Really? Yeah, they were just in town. Did, oh, man, I have PPG. Wow. They, they probably made a killing. I would love to see Gene Simmons. I way. almost think it was sold out, yeah. Wow, good for them. Mm-hmm. Kiss is funny because they have like so, their fans are so devout. They have Kiss conventions where like yeah. you, can, you can get like Star Trek. Well, like, they have them for Star Trek too, but you can get like action figures and mm-hmm. also like I saw uh, Kiss uh, bath towels. So it's Gene Simmons' face with his tongue all the way down behind his chin, and you can just dry yourself off in that every day. <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell us the difference between listening and hearing music? Yeah, absolutely. So. um we could, get, we could go a couple of ways. So listening is, um, so let's go hearing first. Hearing would be like, to me, would be like if you, um, you're in your kitchen cooking and you have music on in another, in another room. And so it's on. You're not really like paying attention to it. You're just kind of like, it's on. Mm-hmm. It's, you're hearing it, you know, like, or maybe let's say you're hanging out with um, your significant other and you're trying to set the mood a little bit and you put some music on. You're hearing that music. You're not necessarily mm-hmm. like listening to it per se because you're, you're preoccupied significant other you're cooking you're getting ready for an event whatever you're doing so that's like that's that's what i think when i think of hearing music now listening to me listening is like um i do it for multiple of reasons to study some music that i'm not familiar with or maybe Mm -hmm. it's um i'm playing with somebody who sent me some music to learn hey ross i need we're gonna do these songs on on my show and it's like okay i'll I'll make sure i listen and and learn Mm -hmm. them and and, uh, because imagine if if i go see that person and they go hey ross did you get the songs I sent you? You're like, oh yeah, I heard them. They would like go, uh, okay. They'd like start sweating and have anxiety. But if they go, hey Ross, did you get my songs? I was like, oh yeah, I listened to them. They go, oh, okay, cool, thanks. Mm-hmm. It's really like, the attitudes are totally different just by the, the switch of a word. Yeah, the words matter. Yeah, so, and then, at other times too, it's almost like, I can give myself like, there's a select group of songs, like a rotation of songs I listen to that like will give me goosebumps every time. And those ones I hear. Or, I'm, pardon me, I'm listening to those ones. Mm-hmm. Because maybe I listen to like, oh, the way that the drums crack in and out makes gives me goosebumps. Or uh, the way that so-and-so raps with this beat, oh, it gives me goosebumps. Or the way some, somebody improvised over a jazz thing gives me goosebumps. So those things I'll, like, I'll listen to. But I also listen to like, you know, I call it the other half music too. Like mm-hmm. uh, um, stuff you would hear, like uh, the DJs playing Tequila Cowboy. They play like the stuff you would hear like in a middle school dance in like the mid two thousands. Nothing wrong with that music. Yeah, yeah. It's just what they play. Mm-hmm. Like I went and heard um, where was I? I was somewhere and I I think it was Tequila Cowboy and they played the that Miley and the Cyrus Party in the USA the club remix. Mm-hmm. And it's just like my okay, but it's like club, so it's got drops and and it's like man, people are like losing their minds to this. Mm-hmm. People in Tequila Cowboy like falling over each other to Miley Cyrus Party in the USA the club remix. I'm like man, if that does that for them, good. You know, it's like, who am I to sit here and be like, uh, that song sucks. Yeah. You people and your kids and your music. You know, it's like, no, it's like, it's like, like those people are having a great time. So it's like, obviously they enjoy it. Yeah. I, uh, I love that insight. I did. And, 
I don't go to Tequila Cowboy that often. <laughs> You're not really missing too yeah, much. No. Okay. <laughs> no. That's good to know. I, thinking of that, though, you you play at Burn. Yes. Uh, could you give us, uh, for our listeners, uh, the Uptown Woods, they play at Burn by Rocket Patel. It's in the North Shore of Pittsburgh. And this is a really cool cigar bar. I've only been once for a comedy night, so I actually have yet to see you guys play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but could you... Give us an understanding of the aesthetics yeah, and yeah, what sure. it's like to play in burn. And yeah. does the cigar smoke affect you? Uh, no, unless I smoke a cigar. I like I I enjoy tobacco. I don't smoke cigarettes or like cigars like mm-hmm. at all. But somebody like uh, has a cigarette, or if I feel like it, that's the thing too. Like I said, I get so bored. So sometimes I'll be like, oh man, I kind of feel like tobacco, or I feel like mm-hmm. a cigar. But tobacco usually makes me like nauseous. Like I don't know, it just does. Which is fine with me, um, but um, the but the smoke and the the smoke and like if I if I'm actually like in like puffing on a cigar like mm-hmm. it 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 makes it like the it gives me like a head rush or a buzz which I understand like mm-hmm. why you would why people smoke cigars people smoke giant cigars like as round as a Pringles can you know and they're like they're like they're they're they're, they're having a crazy old time just trying to sit down you know but um. Yeah, the, no, the cigar smoke does not bother me unless unless I want to like uh, like I said smoke a cigar, but I don't really. I, I just like to go in and play, mm-hmm. and, and that's it. But yeah, Bur- Burns cool. It's a it's literally a, a cigar lounge. The uh, it's like a big chandeliers, marble pillars, um, a bar in the middle, a bar outside. There's um, you can also tell too. It's like people all shapes, sizes, mm-hmm. colors, like all the whole gamut of people come in. So that's that's cool. I, I really enjoy it because it's like. That to me, that tells me that people from all walks of life really enjoy like tobacco, and I'm, you could mm-hmm. say that about anything. People from all walks of life really enjoy cutting grass. You know, <laughs> you know, you could say anything about. But um, but yeah, it's cool that people that are really like uh, receptive of the music too. We'll, we'll do like on like we usually play every Saturday. We'll play like uh, either sometime we'll split up, just play background music like all instrumental. Because mm-hmm. a lot of because we're playing and it's like, yes, it's about us. We're there. You know, you can see us doing what we do. But also, too, you know, you're there to have a cigar and, you know, enjoy yourself. Maybe you got the night off or mm-hmm. something like that. So the idea is to, excuse me, is to supplement, like, the the the, the evening that's already happening instead mm-hmm. of, you know. Be the main event. Be, yeah, yeah. Like, be, mm-hmm. like, be, like, the main thing or be just be so. I, for me personally, I don't like, sometimes it irks me when I go into a place and, like, the band is so. What I'm not necessarily loud, but just like so present, you mm-hmm. can't even do anything. It's, it's like, like look it, at me. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. man. It's like mm-hmm. you would. It's like even a, a person that was blind and deaf would know that there was a band here. That's how. <laughs> that's how like loud and present and like you know, um, not I'm gonna say disrespect, but just like all over the place. We we just we come in, we play, we say hi to, we're polite, mm-hmm. we just we do the job, so, you know, make sure everything goes smoothly, and then we just like. Get in, get out. And sometimes we'll hang around a little bit. Some people like like to hang out and say mm-hmm. hey, or you know, ev- everybody loves drums. So it's like I, I talk to more people in there probably than I've talked to in my entire life. Yeah. And well, one time you were at the Omni. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, thinking of everyone loves drums. Didn't Mike Epps play your drum set? <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's funny. So yeah, I play every Friday down at the, in the lobby of the. Um, the William Penn Hotel, right down mm-hmm. here on Grant, and it's like a similar thing. It's for Friday ha- from what time? Five to eight. Five, five to eight on Friday okay. with my own trio, which is kind of cool because I'm more of I like being a f- I'm a better follower than I am a leader, mm-hmm. but I get to lead. Like this is like my, it's like my my trio, I guess. Which is like like I said, I guess you know mm-hmm. it's mine. It, it, it's cool. I, I like it. It's cool to be like the like the big cheese, but I'd rather be like the little cheese that helps yeah. the big cheese. Um, 
way we are. We play every Friday, five to eight. It's about with like background music. Um, for people, you know, same thing. Happy hours. They're coming to my doing mm-hmm. work, drinking a coffee, taking a phone call. So we're just there to like supplement um, the evening. But yeah, so like people of all sorts stay there. Like last week, there was they had the the um, I guess PPG hosted the NCAA wrestling championships yeah division one wrestling. yes so like all the um parents of the wrestling folks and coaches and helpers all sorts of things the hotel was just like crawling with them just people around like you saw like all the duke people in like one corner and then like all the louisville people in like a lot of cauliflower yeah. oh the whole like the whole bit you could just tell mm-hmm. they were wrestlers um and yeah once on one time yeah mike epps the comedian from uh he was in what scary movie he also, uh, I'm trying to think what else. He's done like a lot of things, but yeah, scary movie. Uh, yeah, he walked by and I, I, he was on the phone and I recognized that it was him. And I was like, man, I was like, that guy really kind of looks like Mike Epps. And then he was kind of like taking his time, and and then I was like, that's definitely Mike Epps. Mm-hmm. And so like we we took a break and I literally went up to him. He was on the phone. I tapped him on the shoulder because and I should pause too because I know, like I can when people come up to me and they want to say hello. It can either be, like, the worst thing ever or, like, mm-hmm. it could be, like, the most, like, polite, um, kind, like, interaction ever. E- interaction ever. But I almost err on this. And it's a shame. But I almost – because some people, they just want to talk. They don't really want to say – it's, it's like, nothing really about you. It's about them. Yeah. Like, a guy came up to me at Burn the other week and said, um, hey, man, I really like your drums. I play drums, too. And I was just like, cool, man. Like, all I did was agree with him. I was like, cool, mm-hmm. man. And he was like, yeah, man, I have really nice drums. And I was like, cool. Like, mm-hmm. like I just kept agreeing with him. Like, I didn't volley the conversation back. Yeah. And he just kept going, like, spilling on me, which tells me he didn't, he could, I could have said, hey, man, there is a, um, I don't know, like, there's a, there's this firecrackers in my underpants and they're going <laughs> to go off in five minutes. And he would have been, oh, yeah, my symbols, <laughs> let me tell you, they're this thick and you can see yourself in them. They're so shiny. You know, it's like he yeah. didn't, that guy didn't really want to talk to me. That mm-hmm. guy probably doesn't get out of the house too much and no. used to play drums mm-hmm. and wanted to tell me about him. But yeah, anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm already thinking, I'm, so I'm talking to Mike Epson a lot. I'm feeling already kind of interesting about it because it's like, he doesn't really want to talk to me, but I'm sure he doesn't mind if someone's like, hey man, you Mike Epps? I'm sure that doesn't, it's like a double edged sword. Yeah. It's like, ah, all these people saying hello to me, but they probably really like me. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but he was really cool. I just was like, yeah, man, are you, you're Mike Epps, right? And he's like, yeah, man, who are you? I was like, man, I was like, I'm Ross Antonich. I was like, I play drums. He was like, cool, man. You sound good. I was like, oh, thanks. I appreciate it. He was like, can I play your drums? That's what he said to me. He was like, can I play your drums? I was like, yeah. I was like, can I take a picture with you? He was like, oh, yeah. So, so, so straight <laughs> up. Awesome. Yeah, really. That's how, that's how it went down. So literally, uh-huh. Mike Epps and I like took a picture like uh, together with the other two guys in the band. He came and like sat down and like he like sort of could do it. Like, you know, I showed mm-hmm. him a couple like easy because it's like so funny because you want in those types of situations. I've I've learned that you want to show this person something that'll make them feel good about doing it, but you don't want to show them something so crazy they can't do it, and then yeah. it's just awkward and everybody feels like junk. You know, what I mean? mm-hmm. so I was like, oh yeah, man, just like play it like like this, and he just like like was like kind of doing it, mm-hmm. and it, like it kind of worked. He had a really great time. The guys had a really great time. We got a picture, and yeah, it was great. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So, so could you tell us about what it was like traveling to Toronto to play? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like you played live in Toronto. Yeah, and yeah. Just no, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So we went. Um, that was with the uh, Starship Mantis that we went, and um, yeah, that group. For those that group sounds like if um, if James Brown like made music from outer outer space, or kind of like um, uh, 
Langston, the guy that's lead singer, he kind of like sings like Prince, kind of sounds like Jamiroquai. Um, mm-hmm. It's like those those guys simply too hodgepodge personalities, hodgepodge musics that come out to make their videos are awesome. Yeah, so yeah, I love their music yeah, they, they do they do a really nice job. With I was the watching music. one where a guy stuck his face up through a bunch of oranges. Oh and yeah, I was just really into it. Oh yeah, yeah, they, <laughs> they, they those guys really like to think um outside the box. But yeah, we played. We had a show in Toronto, and so it was like good old on the road going. To, so we like we put like six dudes in a van. Yeah, six dudes in a van. All took all took turns driving. It was like not that long to Toronto from Pittsburgh. I forget. It didn't take like eight hours, but it definitely wasn't like four. It was somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. We like went. Um, it was funny. Uh, the Border Patrol was interesting. I mean, they're doing their jobs, so it's like you can't be like, ah, Border Patrol sucked. It's like, no, that's, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. The, uh, a, it was a woman, when we got to the thing, she, we rolled on the thing, and she was like, what brings you to Canada? Uh, we were like, we're a band. She was like, oh, what do you have in your van? We were like, gear. She was like, any paraphernalia? No. And we actually, there was like no beer or anything. Mm-hmm. We just like, same thing. Just come up to play and get yep. out. And so... um and she like came and she like they they do have the right to search your vehicle if they suspect. And the only thing that was suspectful was we were literally in a big white like free candy van mm-hmm. that like your parents tell you to stay away from growing up. We were in like one of those, so it's like understandable. Mm-hmm. We like slid open the doors and she just literally saw like yeah. a bunch of sweaty dudes and just like drums, <laughs> you know. And she yeah. was like, oh, okay. And then so yeah, we like once we went into Toronto. You guys have your shirts on. Ah, uh, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. In that moment, we did have our shirts on. We okay. in fact did. Yes. Um, no, yeah, we went. Um, yeah, Toronto. I forget the name of the place we played. But it was like right in downtown Toronto. Like, like, mm-hmm. Toronto was like, people are always, you know, uh, I feel like people, when they, whenever they go out of town anywhere, they always say the city's a cool city. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I just, like, you're, like, talking to your friend on the phone. Oh, I just, t- my plane just landed in Miami. It's such a great city. It's like, dude, you're still on the runway. <laughs> you know, it's like, you didn't even, you, you didn't even unbuckle your yeah, seatbelt. You haven't experienced that thing. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was cool. I, I, I made sure to take a walk around. I made sure to eat something. I had poutine. Up there, like, I was trying to find, like, authentic, or as they would say, poutine. They say like that. They're like, all, all American people go, poutine. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty good. That French fries, cheese curds, gravy. I put a little mm-hmm. sriracha on it and green onions. It was pretty good. It made my, it made my stomach feel crazy, but it was, I knew that going in. So it was, One thing I've noticed about Toronto, uh, like, the, the people of Toronto is they're different than Americans in the sense where Americans – it seems as if we need to be grouped up and stay within groups. And when you're in the city of Toronto, there's a lot more individuals walking around and, mm-hmm. and there's less group settings. Did, yeah. did you notice that? Or? I noticed it seems that people up there, I was only there for like a, like almost a half a day. And it just seemed people were more relaxed, I noticed. It seemed like mm-hmm. no one was really in a rush. Nobody was like, nobody was like talking on the phone like really loud. Like people mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh like yell into the phone. Even I was at Giant Eagle yesterday and there was a gentleman in line behind me. I guess his wife called him. And he went, "What up, ma?" Really, like, really loud. And I was like, "Man, maybe, maybe he has a hard time." Like, I'm trying to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. He has a hard time hearing. She does. But then I, he took the phone call. I leave Giant Eagle, and I'm outside, and people yelling into the phone again. No, I'm at the front, the front, like yelling at each other. When we were in Toronto, it was just like everyone was like taking their time. Mm-hmm. Hey, how you doing? Great to see yeah. you. Oh yeah, welcome to Canada. They're nice. They yeah, really, nice. yeah, really, like mm-hmm. really kind uh, people. So, yeah, I, I liked it. I, I would love to go back to Canada and eat mm-hmm. more poutine. And uh, what else do you eat up there? Like maple syrup? 
just just syrup just no, syrup. nothing else you put it you put it on a sh- uh, in a spoon and you eat it like it's you eat it like it's what's medicine? that medicine i'll say what's yeah. the pink medicine called uh amoxicillin oh pepto-bismol yeah, yeah pepto-bismol i used to love that as a kid <laughs> i was the kid who loved medicine and medicine really did, you, weird. did you eat like flintstone gummies for fun oh yeah yeah you're just like mm-hmm. oh yeah they taste really good it's like so it's like good. kevin you're getting a thousand percent vitamin b <laughs> <laughs> uh so so how do you overcome adversity ah okay adversity as in hey rosh you can't do it like those uh, types of fo- like adversities or like adversities and uh, the the unexpected adversities that come into your life like a tornado out of uh, so like stuff you can't prepare for exactly okay so uh that's a, that's a good one adversity so I like I said I actually kind of enjoy a little obstacle or I, I like when, I like a little pressure because mm-hmm. it's it's like, I don't know it's fun. That's how diamonds are made. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> man! Don't say that too loud because people be getting that tattooed on them. Uh, yeah, adversity. I just I deal with it accordingly in the best way, and then figure out how to avoid it again in the future or. Mm-hmm. Um, or I don't know. Sometimes sometimes you just got to take it on the chin. Uh, for example, I um, it's a good adverse. Uh, okay, uh, so uh, in my house in Southside, when when you open the front door, it's like a skinny hallway, and then you open another door and a wall, and that's my apartment is up there. Mm-hmm. The skinny hallway has all my drums in it, and I was I was in a hurry like this one day, and I was moving quick, and you the hallway is so skinny, and there's so much stuff that you have to walk in a very specific way, kind of like Indiana Jones in that one movie where he like swaps the, the crystal skull for that bag of things, but then mm-hmm. the floor shoots like spikes and stuff <laughs> like that. My floor doesn't do that. But there's just like drumsticks and stuff. So if you take a wrong step, you're going to twist an ankle, you're going to stub a toe. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that. I sh- and I should clean it because of what I'm about to tell you. But I was walking and I was holding a record player and like something else, and I tripped over a bass drum case. Like mm-hmm. literally, I know it was there. I knew to step over it. I've done it a thousand times. This one time, I just didn't do it good enough. So mm-hmm. I literally stepped over it, tripped and fell, holding the record player. I like bruised a rib and like broke a toe on like both foot, uh, both feet. Oh my god! So I was like, I'm laying there, and I'm like, well, damn, this sucks. I was like, but and keep in mind, I had a full weekend of drums to play, like two gigs on a Friday and two gigs on a Saturday, mm-hmm. all drums. And so it's like that uses my feet. My feet are sore. And it's like you like I broke my pinky, both my pinky toes. So if you break those, it's like your balance goes out the window. Mm-hmm. It's a really you have a really hard time like standing, like walking like a penguin. Oh, exactly. You uh-huh. look like uh, guys that just did squats for ten hours. You can't. It's you. You really have a hard time walking. So mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, well, I'm not. I'm not gonna cancel. Like, not gonna like just gonna have to do it. And so I played the full weekend. Like, yeah, my feet were sore, but it's okay. I have like a pretty high pain tolerance anyway, mm-hmm. so it's okay. Another time here, actually, I just thought of this here at Duquesne. We had to play an orchestra concert, like, on a Friday night. Friday during the day, I was at the Power Center playing basketball with some guys. And we were playing. I went up for a rebound, and I just, like, went up and wasn't paying attention. I, like, went up for the rebound, and the basketball came, like, straight down, like, on all my fingers. Mm-hmm. But it was it was totally my fault. I, I literally just, like, I shot my hand mm-hmm. up like this. And yep. it was total, like, total my bad. And I did it really – I did, like, so good that the, on my left hand, the middle finger, ring finger, and pinky all turned purple. Like tip to bottom, and I had to play like in the orchestra concert. Play through that, wow. yeah. I had, yeah, I had to play in the orchestra concert that night. And Duquesne Music School people, uh, for the better, are can be kind of strict with um, as far as uh, what you can miss and what's cool and what you can make up and all those things. As mm-hmm. you know, anybody in a school on a yeah. college campus would be. But I basically said to the orchestra director, I was like, "Hey, uh, Joe Jones," I was like, "I 
stove all like almost like half the, I stuffed half the fingers on my left hand and I can't it's really hard for me to like play I was like I don't think I can play tonight and he all he said to me was Ross if you don't play I'll fail you and I was like I was in the, I was in it for two credits so I couldn't really fail it if it was zero credits mm-hmm. I maybe would have leaned a little more that way yeah and so I was like okay cool I was like I'll be there just like straight, straight up took it on the chin like unexpected stove my fingers and literally what I did I had to play xylophone like the whole con- like on like mm. two pieces in the concert I literally taped the sticks in my hand I taped my fingers up all around closed them around the stick and then taped the stick in yeah I made oh, it so, work so you do handle adversity yeah, yeah do handle adversity another time uh, uh, I'm trying to think let's think of a dicier one okay one time I was going to see this. I used to see this girl in Highland Park and I would she lives like so that's like by the zoo and I would mm-hmm. walk there from south so I like to walk I used to run a whole bunch but I got yeah. I'm such a big dude I got like sort of like sort of like tired of throwing myself up and down hills and stuff like that mm-hmm. well, that's all Pittsburgh I know right it's like hills hills everywhere uh, I'm going to see this girl so I leave I leave my house it's like 11 it was like four miles from my house to hers so that took me like almost two hours to walk but I like walking and people are like, man, you're so crazy. You walk at night. I'm like, bro, I'm like, I'm literally like 6'4", 235. It's like people are more scared of me than like I have of them. And I'm not, I'm not even really that scary. I'm just big. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I get there and sure enough, there was like a, a homeless gentleman sort of in front of her house. Her house was like, there was like the sidewalk. Then you opened a gate, walked down like 10 feet of sidewalk upstairs mm-hmm. and you were at the front door. So I could, ooh, I could see the front door from where I was. But there was this gentleman who was blocking the gate, and he said to me, he was, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll say it without the emotion that he said it with, but he said, hey, give me all your money. And he was shorter than me. Mm-hmm. He was definitely, he was definitely. Did he say please? He didn't say please, okay. no. <laughs> He's like, hey man, uh, sorry to bother you. Do you have eight bucks? You know, that's all, I love that when homeless people ask you for a specific amount of money. Yeah. It's like, I had this guy one time, hey man, I need thirty five fifty. You got it? I was like, man, I was like, where are you taking a bus to, Harrisburg? <laughs> you know? Uh, but this guy says to me in Highland Park, it's like, yeah, it's like probably like midnight on like a Thursday night. And he says, hey, man. Uh, he didn't say, hey, man. But he was like, give me all your money. And I was, I'll tell you, I was dressed in like a white t-shirt, black basketball shorts. I just looked like a college dude, t- tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think I had my phone with headphones and my keys. Because sometimes, too, on those walks, I won't take my wallet. Because if I have my wallet, I'll be like more inclined to stop at a gas station mm-hmm. and get a couple of timey overs. You know, maybe a strawberry shortcake popsicle or yeah. a Twinkie or uh, those oatmeal cream pies. I could eat like a boatload of those. Um, but yeah, I was like, hey, man. Yeah. I, was like, I didn't say, hey, man. I was like, yeah, man, I don't have any money. But he was blocking my way at like this little gate he was in front of. And I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, man, I don't, I was like, I don't even have any pockets. Like, because the short side, I was like, I don't even have any yeah, pockets. I dropped my pockets. Uh, yeah, <laughs> my pockets are in my other pants. Um, and he didn't really take kindly to that. And he's out of his right sleeve he slipped out like a knife like a blade on it it was probably like knife it wasn't that serious of a knife it was probably like it was still a knife but it was like Mm -hmm. maybe a five inch blade on it and he's holding it he's not like directing it he's holding it and he just said um he's like really he goes you should really give me all your money and i was like man i was like honest because at this point i like i don't really get scared at all not to be like one of those dudes that's like oh i'm a guy i'm macho nothing scares Mm me one of those guys but uh it just i don't know I don't know. I've, I've been I've been scared and like things growing up where you get in mm-hmm. trouble and things it's like it's just you know once you, when you know the consequences of something it ought, it like kind of cancels out fear. So I'm thinking like so this guy is like holding a knife and wants my money. Mm-hmm. It's like well either I'm gonna get stabbed and he's gonna get no money or I'm gonna beat him up and he's still gonna get no money. So I was like man so those are my options. 
Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to, like, walk away because he's in front of, like, I was like, there's girls waiting for me, like, literally inside. Like, I'm not going to, like, just leave and let this dude, like, be right here. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, man, I was like, I'm sorry. I, was like, I really don't have any money. And he was like, man, that sucks for you. And he just, like, came at me with the knife. And so he was, like, five, he was, like, probably, like, five, eight, a buck eighty, maybe. Uh-huh. So he wasn't that big, but he was, like, short and heavy. And so he, like, he missed. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, like, he just totally missed. And then he was, like, I guess he was surprised that he missed. I, like, grabbed his hand with the knife, and I squeezed his wrist mm. so hard that he dropped the knife and, like, started to get teary-eyed, which... Like, I'm not, like, a pressure points expert. You're, like, people, you know, like, your friends in middle school were, like, oh, man, my mom signed me up for Taekwondo. There's a pressure point in your eyeball. It's, like, dude, no, do it to somebody else. Yeah. But literally, I just, like, squeezed this dude's wrists. He dropped the knife, and I just kind of, like, threw him aside because I hate fighting. Like, mm-hmm. I've been in two my entire life because usually I just, like, walk away or I can, like, take a punch. It's, like, fine. Mm-hmm. But, and he, I, like, kind of pushed him aside, and he got up really quick and pushed me back. And I was, like, oh. All right. So I pushed him over again, and he was, like, on the ground. And when he fell backwards, he hit his head, like, on the curb. Ooh. And so, like, I'm a pretty big dude. I wear, like, a anywhere from, depending on the shoe, like, a 16 to, like, a 19. And, like, men's. <laughs> just depends on the shoe. Yeah. And so literally, like, uh, who was the guy's name that, for the – Gostowski for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I kicked him straight in the head, literally as hard as I possibly could. Wow. Because mm-hmm. I felt, A, my life was in danger. B, I was like, I don't want this guy to get back up. Yeah. Because I'm not trying to deal with him any longer than I have to, mm-hmm. and and like it's like I shouldn't have to. It's like it's like like uh, my night was interrupted by this dude. Like, yeah, well, with a knife. With with a yeah. knife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So straight up, yeah, I kicked him in the head like a kickball, and his head literally like turned over, and like blood came out of his nose. He like got up and walked away, mm-hmm. and then I just I just like, went to the house. Well, and carry started. on. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was it was like it was wild, but. I don't know. That could that could that could have ended totally another. Yeah, you could have uh, got you know, your spleen uh, or, or something. something. Yeah, yeah, it could have ended totally not mm-hmm. cool. But I mean, I don't know. It wasn't my time. Mm-hmm. Wasn't my time then. Well, you handled that well. Ah, I, I tried. Yeah, try yeah. to handle it in the best way possible because you never want to not handle something mm-hmm. if it needs handled. That's always the worst. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I'm gonna hit you with yeah, anything. Uh, quick questions. Anything. Anything. Uh, so favorite record. Favorite record like ever. Ever. Yes. Ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. Oh, jeez. Probably one I'll be able to listen to for the rest of my life, uh, Quasimodo, The Unseen. So Quasimodo is a um, a fictional character made up by the producer Mad Lib. Mad Lib is a hip-hop producer from the West Coast. Mm-hmm. He did, um, I'm trying to think what you, what you would know, what people would know that he did. He did um, on Anderson Pack's second-to-last record. Uh, the song's called The Waters. And Anderson Pack, Malibu, that record he made the beat for Waters. He also Malibu also did the. Um, uh, I'll think of it, but basically this this Quasimodo project is Madlib. He ate, I think, like a, I don't know, I forget how much. He said he ate like ten grams of hallucinogenic mushrooms, and then he's a so he makes all his beats, all his music from sampling. So he takes records and like I do like he's like, he's like probably like my if I just say I had a muse. Or like a, I hate saying inf, I'm influenced by. That sounds like so like mm-hmm. eight by eleven white piece of paper. But uh, it's probably he like basically takes records, takes parts of the records, and makes new music from that. And I, I really like that idea. I like the idea of you can take music from the past and then rework it or use it in some way to make music 
that is for the future or for the present now. Because mm-hmm. it, it, some people really hate that. They hate sampling. They're like, ugh. Why do you do that? It's like it's, it's so annoying. I really enjoy it. Like, oh, I know. I yeah, it, I really enjoy I it too. It. But I totally yeah. understand people that are like, "Oh, it's stupid." Why mm-hmm. do you like really? Why do you spend your time doing that? It's like it's what I like. They're like, "Well, it sucks." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I know it sucks." Yeah, but it's but, I, but it's mm-hmm. okay. I like it. Um, but yeah, so he made this album from sampling, and he was all in another world because he he, he took he took something and. Uh, mm-hmm. He, and he raps. It's him rapping, but he pitches his voice way up to make it sound like this alien who he calls Quasimodo. Mm-hmm. And so that's the whole album. It's it's really wild. It's a, I would recommend it to literally anybody that wants to like listen to more music or they want to split their head open a little bit because mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like, it's kind of heady a little bit. All the the music choices, what he what what he sampled and what he uses are very. Um, it's not like your classic. Everybody samples Marvin Gaye and puts drums on it, and then mm-hmm. that's like the song that everyone hears. It's like it's all kinds of stuff. So I probably said that one. Yeah, the album's Quasimodo, the Unseen. Is the Quasimodo, name of, the Unseen is the, okay. name of the name of the record. So favorite food in Pittsburgh? Like just one item, not the place. Well, one you could talk I- about the place if you talk. One about item, that. not the place. Okay, so here I'll say all the things I'm supposed to say, and then I'll say what I really feel. So I'm supposed to say I'm from Pittsburgh. So I mm-hmm. grew up like in the suburbs. And yeah. so when I want to when I want to impress people, I say I'm from Wexford because mm-hmm. that's just all like Range Rovers and like Starbucks and stuff. <laughs> but I grew up like a little outside, more like middle class in Allison Park. Um, so I'm supposed to say that Permanis is really good, and that you should go to Permanis and eat a sandwich, and then you should go to um, like the Jerome Bettis Grill and get that giant burger they have. I'm trying to think what else I'm supposed to say. Uh, you should go to DeLuca's. Well, DeLuca's is actually good, though. DeLuca's and Pamela's to get breakfast. Mm-hmm. But, like, Permanis is kind of gross. But people from Pittsburgh would, like, crucify me if they heard me say that. Yeah. But it really is. I don't know. I'm from here, and I don't really eat it. I've, like, been eating it. <laughs> um, and then, like, all right, I like, um, but my favorite food, like, my choice. Oh, man. See, I like everything. Like, I mean, like, everything, everything. Mm-hmm. Not like, oh, I eat, like, Chinese food. Like, I eat, like, like I'm not vegan. Like, I eat vegan food. I eat, like, vegetarian. I eat meat, fish, dairy. I eat, like, mm-hmm. everything. I even eat, uh, t- like, bad food, too. Like, Twinkies and McDonald's. And yeah. I still eat, like, bad food. cream pies. Yeah, yeah, I really. Like, I, I could eat scallops and, and then go eat, like, a McRib. Like, it doesn't, <laughs> like, it doesn't, I could eat both. It doesn't really matter. Um, the same meal. Yeah, the same <laughs> meal. McRib. It doesn't really matter. Probably to, to get food, though, ah, it's, like, so... Oh uh, man! Well, let me. T- I'll tell you. What, can I tell you what's good I've eaten recently? Sure, yeah. uh, there's a vegan place up in Arlington called Onion Maiden. They have pretty good vegan food, and it's like pretty good. And what I mean by pretty good, it like it tastes good as its own thing. Like some vegan food I've eaten is like, oh, this is vegan chicken. It was made to almost taste like chicken, and it's like, well, it's not really going to taste like chicken then if mm-hmm. your intentions were just to make it taste almost. But then it's like. The people at Onion Maiden, I don't know what they do because I'm, I'm not that like uh, cook vegan cooking hip. But the whatever they do, I think it's like soy based. They made like chicken drumsticks. They were like soy, but like coated really well, and it tasted really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, really good, like unbiasedly pretty good. Not like you know, like oh yeah, my girlfriend's the waitress. So anything that she brings over tastes great. You know, mm-hmm. like oh yeah, it's, she's uh, liver and onions, and it was superb. <laughs> you know, it's this is actually like you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, I actually enjoy it. But like to go. To go out and get food, um, I'm trying to think south. I used to eat a ton in Southside, but then none of my clothes fit, so I, had, I started to cook. <laughs> none of my clothes really would start like they quit fitting. I, I, oh, I like um, the Ven- the Venezuelan place on Eighth and Carson, the uh, cilantro y ajo. 
Okay. They make like it's pretty authentic, like Venezuela. I've never been to Venezuela, but I've eaten a lot of food that it, I've been told is Venezuelan, and it mm-hmm. all like holds up. Yeah, I got um, what was it called? It was called like it was like P E R N I L, and I think the guy said it pernil. It was like uh, an arepa, so it was like a corn biscuit that was that was like sliced half. So it's like it's not like a two pieces of bread. It's still connected at the bottom, mm-hmm. and it was filled with like a um, it was like an avocado mayonnaise. And I know people like mayonnaise is like the world's favorite thing to hate right now. Be like, oh, you like mayonnaise? Mm-hmm. Ew. But it's it's not like nasty. I'm on that trend. You're on that trend, right? <laughs> I, I, okay. yeah. That's I like good. honey. Yeah, honey. That's my supplement for that, mayonnaise. Yeah. So mayonnaise, mayonnaise, I don't know. I've made homemade mayonnaise before where I just kind of like got the things that are usually in it and it works. But mm-hmm. some mayonnaise, oh man, it, I, I really do understand. It can it can really break something. Like I had a sandwich one time with like off-brand mayonnaise, like burns. Mm-hmm. I really grinds like, my gears. Yeah, it, yeah. Just, it just wasn't good. I was like, ugh. Mm-hmm. But the mayonnaise, they, it's the all-homemade mayonnaise and they mix it with avocado. It's like... doesn't sound that bad. I'm oh, excuse honest. me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's delicious. You could like... Mm-hmm. I always, I always like lick the dish when I'm in there, and I always make fun of myself because <laughs> my mom, growing up, like <laughs> sent, sent us to like etiquette school and like was very hard on us, like etiquette wise and stuff mm-hmm. like that, eating and manners and stuff. So I always make fun of myself because I knew she would be livid if she saw me lick a dish in public; <laughs> she would lose it. But really, that sauce is so good; it's totally yeah. worth it. But yeah, the arepa, it's like a yeah, like it's like the corn, like the corn flour, like biscuity thing. It's like a biscuit, and then it has like this avocado mayo with pulled chicken mm-hmm. in the mayo. And it's delicious. It's not, but people are like, oh, oh, isn't the mayo so chunky you can't taste the chicken? And I'm like, no, it's actually viscous enough where it, it like actually helps the chicken. You're still, you can still taste chicken and not just like you're eating like a glob of mayonnaise mm-hmm. and that tastes terrible. So don't do that. I did, I did that once because someone said they would give me money if I do it. Yeah. I, and it was, it was, it was totally, I ate like a, like a big tablespoon of mayonnaise. Like it was jello. Ugh. I need a honeycomb. The honey, yeah. No, so that yeah, I'm just really into honey right now. I don't know what's up with my. No, mind. that's like no, honey's good. Honey smells yeah. really good for you. And bees are like the what, the coolest insects ever, right? Save mm-hmm. the bees. You yep. Know? Um, all, yeah. All save that the stuff. Bees. All that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yes, I wish that the Venezuelan spot would get my pick. I okay. Think. And uh, what does rawness of reality mean to you? <laughs> uh, rawness of reality, just like rolling, just like. Uh, I would say like rolling with the punches, but uh, somebody said uh, the best way to take a punch is to be there when it's not thrown, right? Oh. That That's like a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I've rolled with reality pretty good, but I've also like figured out how to work it in the best way so it works for me, mm-hmm. you know? So it, I know, but that's like different for everybody. Like there was this one time a, um, a, a, I call him like a naysayer. This guy at the William Penn, an older guy comes up to me and he says, uh, like opens with this. I don't know him from Adam. He says to me, and he has a Southern accent. I'm not going to do it, but he goes, he goes, hey, man, how much money they pay you to work here? Out the gate. Just like says that to me. And I said, uh, eight bucks. I said, we make eight bucks. Eight bucks a night. I was like, we split it between the three of us, so I make 250 mm-hmm. And he's like, nah, come on, man. Come on. Tell me. Tell me. Come on. Tell me. How much money do you make here? Come on. And I was like, okay. We make, we make, it's nine bucks. We make nine bucks. We split it three ways. We each make three. And he was just like, uh, he was like, come on, man. He goes, you sure? He goes, I'm sure that this isn't just all you do. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I said, because it's, because it, I wasn't trying to really show him all my cards because in this conversation, I figured out already, this guy just wanted the flex. He didn't really want to talk to me. Mm-hmm. He could give up. I could be holding a jackhammer and he probably would have still said the same. Hey man, how much they pay you to hold that jackhammer? <laughs> you know what I mean? 
And uh, uh, he was like, he goes, well, this this for sure can't be all you do. And I do, I try to do as much stuff as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, like my slices of the pie are like a thousand slices, just because I like try to do as many things musically as possible. But I didn't tell him that. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, man. I was like, I do a lot of things, but I always said to him. And this works every time when someone does this to me. I was, I, go, I said to him, I go, it just depends on what kind of life you want to live. I go, what kind of car do you drive? Mercedes? And he just looked at me. His eyes got really big. And he went, good for you, and walked away. Wow. Okay. That's, that's I, yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, rawness of reality was me dealing with that guy and not being a jerk. When I <laughs> went very easily, I could have been like, dude, go pound salt. Yeah. Like, leave me alone. You know what I mean? I love everybody always. Man. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't really know. Yeah. There's no reason to be mean. It's like, I'll just... And plus, being nice, I don't know. If someone's being mean to you and you're nice to them, it always makes them look double worse. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, Kevin, I hate you. Like, you suck. And you were like, I just give you a hug. Yeah, you're just like, <laughs> like whatever, you man. You're just like, whatever, dude. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, you, dude, you really, you're the worst. And you're like, mm-hmm. um, maybe. <laughs> whatever, dude, like, whatever. And, it's, and it just, like, rolls off. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, is there anything coming up in your life or anything you in want listeners life? to know about that you're doing or you're a part um, of or where they could see you play? Yeah. Okay. So let's let's plug it. Um. Yeah. So every every Friday, if you want to come hang out and lounge, get lounge, eat a crab cake, drink a mimosa, whatever you like to do. Friday nights at the William Penn, I'm there five to eight with my own trio. It's all jazz. You can come say hi and uh, have a jolly old time. Saturdays, not this Saturday, but uh, April. As soon as April starts, um, actually the second Saturday in April, the Uptown Woods will be back. Uh, we'll be at Burn to play. So that'll be seven to ten. Isn't it April right now? It is April. Holy smokes. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Good call. So it is April right now. So, yeah, we'll be there seven, like 7 to 10, 2nd, 3rd, 4th. Does April have five Saturdays? If they have a fifth one, we'll be there too. Um, I'm playing April 11th. I'm playing at Wallace's Whiskey in Tap Room in East Liberty with like a Brazilian samba band. We're playing, we're playing all Brazilian music. Mm-hmm. That's uh, April 11th, no covers, 7 to 9 at Wallace's. Um, and, just, and then just like, yeah, on, online stuff. There's a lot of good, like, beat, beat-esque things coming. Garrett and I just, um, just like, ju- judged a beat competition here at Duquesne for the Duquesne Composer Society. Mm-hmm. So we'll be, like, announcing some things with that. Uh, Jim from the Uptown Woods has a couple more solo records on the way that Garrett and I and some other folks made the music for. And mm-hmm. Jim helped, Jim brought it to life with the, you know, the stuff he put on top. Um... And for the Uptown Woods, we're, we're like, our record is like ready. We're just like, we just keep chopping away like the last little pieces of fat mm-hmm. that are still on it. Um, cut off the fat. Yeah. Cut off the fat, yeah. So, yeah, all good things. All good things. But, um, yeah, I would say the, the, the going's good. And uh, summer, summertime will be good too because mm-hmm. Pittsburgh always comes alive. And this, it's so funny. Yinzers, Yinzers hate the cold. They can't stand. You just hear like two yinzers on the street. Hey, it's so cold out here. I can't even stand it. Yeah, yeah. They just they just like hate it so much. But yeah, yeah, when the sun comes out, that makes everybody is like happier. So I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. I'm just excited as, as for summer. I. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this is it. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, big shout out to Ross Antonich to for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. And we'll see you guys. What's up, guys? We're back again. Well. Not really we, but it's me, Mike the Mike guy's out getting coffee or a donut or something like that. But I really enjoyed speaking with Ross Antonich today, and I hope you guys enjoyed listening. If you did, please subscribe on our Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, and Stitcher podcast platforms. And remember, rate us five stars, because our episodes can only get better from here. And another big thank you 
to Mike the Mike Guy, our production manager, and Joe Cow on the beats. And remember, stay raw with reality.